Indiana's transportation infrastructure gets a C-minus from the American Society of Civil Engineers, but you don't have to be an engineer to recognize that some of the state's roads and bridges have become a real pain in the asphalt. Most everyone agrees that repairs are badly needed. What's up for debate is how to pay for the necessary improvements. Hi, I'm John Schwannis, and on this edition of Indiana Lawmakers, we'll focus on Indiana's aging infrastructure and what to do about it with a panel of transportation policymakers and stakeholders. First up, though, paving the way for the discussion is this report from Christopher Ayers of WFYI Public Media. The condition of Indiana's roads and bridges took center stage last summer after the support pier of an Interstate 65 bridge north of Lafayette was found to have sunk nine inches. That discovery led to a more than month-long closure of a 37-mile stretch of heavily trafficked highway and prompted questions about what the General Assembly might do this session to craft a long-term infrastructure funding solution. Governor Pence broached the issue first when he announced his own road funding proposal in October. It would spend a billion dollars on road and bridge improvements over the next four years. The plan would be paid for in part by pulling from the state's excess reserves. It also require borrowing about a quarter of the proposed funding through a $240 million bond issue. The plan has been taken up in the Senate. House Republicans, however, have proposed a competing roads plan. It would increase the state gasoline tax, which hasn't been raised in over a decade, as well as the cigarette tax. House Speaker Brian Bosma has called the plan, quote, responsible, comprehensive, and sustainable, and he says it would fund the state's infrastructure beyond the four years proposed by the governor. It's unclear, though, whether the governor could stomach a tax increase to pay for road funding, something he mentioned earlier this year during his State of the State address. I think when you've got money in the bank and you've got the best credit rating in America, the last place you should look to pay for roads and bridges is the wallets and the pocketbooks of hardworking Hoosiers. Let's invest in our roads, let's maintain the crossroads of America, and let's do it without raising taxes. It's unclear at this point which plan, if either, will make it to the governor's desk and whether or not he'd sign it once it got there. But with both plans poised to make it out of committee, it is clear the debate over infrastructure funding has only just begun. For Indiana Lawmakers, I'm Christopher Ayers. Thanks, Christopher. Back in a moment with our weekly roundtable. Indiana lawmakers, from the state house to your house. Purdue researcher Phil Owens is creating new ways to map soil functions, improve plant growth, and increase crop yields, leading through innovation and job creation. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org. In a way, lawmakers began the 2016 session at the political equivalent of a crowded all-way stop. Everyone was in the same place, more or less, because of the near-universal recognition that something had to be done about the state's aging roads and bridges. From there, however, lawmakers have accelerated in multiple directions in regard to funding the necessary improvements. Some are steering toward borrowing the money, some are on the road to raising taxes, and others are heading straight toward tapping the state's budget reserves. Think you need a GPS to keep track of it all? Nah, we've got something far better, the expert panel that joins me today. Republican Representative Ed Soliday of Valparaiso, Chairman of the House Roads and Transportation Committee. Democratic Representative Dan Forrestal of Indianapolis, the ranking minority member of that same panel. 
Fisher's Mayor Scott Fadness, Chairman of the Indiana Association of Cities and Towns Legislative Committee, and Justin Stevens, State Director of Americans for Prosperity, a conservative anti-tax advocacy group founded by billionaire brothers David and Charles Koch. And I thank you all for traveling the roadways to get here for this, uh, this taping. Ed Saladay, how, what is the condition of Indiana's roads, do you think? I mean, oh, this may sound flippant, but what's more dangerous, political potholes or the actual potholes? That I would uh, rather deal with political potholes <laughs> than uh, road potholes. You know, we began five years ago to ask that question, and, and quite frankly, in 2013, we passed a bill that uh, told INDOT to hire a consultant and tell us, one, all of the ways to fund roads, and then good, better, and best, using a metric that everyone could understand and that could be used uh, to compare to other states. Out of that study, Indiana was in the lower third of the nation. And looking at uh, a reason study in many areas, we are 24th in road miles and well below 30th and sometimes 45th in each of the metrics. So. We, we are the crossroads of America. We get huge wear on our, road, our state highways uh, from 18-wheel trucks and, and so forth. So we have some work to do. Now, last year, though, was the budget year, and early on, uh, say last spring, I don't think folks necessarily saw this on the, on the radar. Um, it has been growing. Uh, we, we began five years ago in the committee with a summer study committee. Uh, Carl uh, Browning, who was commissioner then uh, uh, last year, uh, testifying before our committee, our joint study committee, before Ways and Means, said that he needed between 250 and $300 million additional dollars every year just to stop the decline in our roads, just to stop the decline. So we knew it was there. The issue was uh, last year, there were a lot of other things on the agenda. We wanted to get education taken care of, and the speaker was saying even last year this would be the year of infrastructure. Well, and, and Dan Forstall, you and other uh, Democrats have been banging the drum about uh, the condition of the state's roadways for some time, especially since summer when there were the snarls up around West Lafayette with the, the sinking bridge and the, the resulting detours. Do you feel that your caucus has helped to bring about the, uh, the more immediate focus on this, this issue? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that. And, uh, you know, look, Democrats uh, really are the, the reason this issue is probably number one uh, in terms of what the, the legislature is looking at right now. Uh, you know, I think um, from my perspective, we would have liked to see something be addressed in the budget uh, or in the budget session. Uh, Indiana's ro Indiana is known for its roads, and right now uh, we are not living up to the responsibility. Uh, we've, the roads are just not in great condition. Our infrastructure generally uh, is, is not in great condition, and it's something that we are you know, going to have to address. Uh, it's good that we all agree on that portion of it. The question is, how do we go forward? Mayor, how important is road construction and road repairs for mayors uh, in cities big and small? Sure, I would tell you on Monday, Across the board, our number one priority is improvement in transportation infrastructure. And so we're watching uh, Mr. Soliday's bill very closely in the House. We're looking at what's happening in the Senate. And we're talking to all of our representatives about why it's so important to find a sustainable uh, plan for the future of our transportation infrastructure. And do you think most mayors are saying that they see the problems now? Or is this more of a precaution, that, that the recognition that many of the bridges, many of the roads are in fact aging, and that this will be 
a challenge in the years to come. Yeah, we tend not to be alarmist about the issue, but we do think we, we need to have a thoughtful discussion about the long-term viability of our current funding levels. Uh, I know in Fishers, for instance, as mayor, we, at the current funding level, we would repave our roads once every 72 years, which is not a sustainable model. So our roads might be in decent condition today, but the likelihood that they will be for 10, 15, 20 years under the current funding levels is unlikely. So we do need to have this conversation today. And Justin Stevens, you, uh, your organization, you're, you would just assume not see a lot of governmental intrusion, a lot sure. of big spending, but would you acknowledge that an infrastructure, especially for what's touted as the crossroads of America, is important for the economic sure, structure I, I here? Mean, I, I think any, anyone would agree with that. Uh, we think that providing uh, the appropriate infrastructure is a basic core function of government. And so we do think that should be taken care of. Now, where we may differ is how we do that and what are our priorities. Um, so that is a basic core function of government. What are some of the other things that maybe aren't? And, and how do we need to prioritize our state budget to reflect that? The governor did jump into the fray in the fall with a proposal, a billion dollars over four years, tapping the reserves to a certain extent and also borrowing or bonding, as I guess it's more pleasant to say. Uh, what was wrong with that bill? Well, uh, first of all... I shouldn't all, speak about it in past tense, incidentally. It's, it's, well, it's first, still alive and well. First of all, we're glad he recognizes there's a problem. Uh, the second piece of it, the bill in the first year creates about $400 million because we've been overfunding uh, Medicaid for a while. In the second year, it only uh, creates money if there is more revenue than the budget and the reserves are over 11.5%. So if you look at the fiscal delivered by legislative services, they're all zeros, no money. It's unpredictable because if we have a recession of any kind or a dip in the economy and we fund those basics, when you look at our budget, how lean it's been since uh, Governor Daniels was here and how well managed it's been, 54% uh, of it or so is, is K through 12 education. Another 11% is, is uh, higher ed. So you really don't have any money for a growing problem after the first year. Second of all, a number of us do not want to pass the debt for that infrastructure onto our children, so we don't want to bond. Today, out of bonding that was done in 1998, we're paying $100 million a year, and those dedicated sources now don't pay that $100 million, so we're having to dip into our general revenues to pay through 2029 for infrastructure that's coming apart. So, so we don't the agree. debt outlasts the, oh, uh, the repairs that they, they, like, they funded. It's like buying a home and mortgaging the carpet for 30 years when it lasts 15. You, Dan, first of all, your caucus may not like the, necessarily the borrowing, but I think Correct. it's clear that you do like the notion of tapping the reserves. Uh, the governor's plan to put you know a portion of our roads on a credit card is just fiscally not responsible. It's not smart uh, public policy. I think we'll be paying it off long after the roads are uh, are, have deteriorated and gone, we'll still be paying the bonds off. In fact, our children will be paying uh, those bonds off. But where we do agree with the governor is uh, that now is not the time to raise taxes on Hoosiers. Um, I mean, we, the uh, Indiana has lagged behind in median household income, uh, per capita income, and in terms of the rest of the nation, we are behind. And, you know, until those kinds of trends turn, House Democrats and uh, feel that 
what we should do is roll up our sleeves and look in the existing budget and the surplus, the money we've already collected from taxpayers, to fund our infrastructure. Then maybe we move on and talk about some of the other uh, you know, larger issues and maybe some of the really long-term, long-looking things. But before we've uh, you know, checked the, checked the couch cushions and really shaken the trees and made sure we've, we've exhausted every other option, we just feel like now is not the right time to raise taxes. And, and we are going to talk a lot about the taxes. Believe me, that's going to be an important part of this discussion. But I guess, uh, Mayor, you and your colleagues across the state probably also were <clears throat> troubled initially by the notion that the initial legislation that was put forth by the governor dealt only with state-controlled roadways, not those controlled by counties or municipalities, and that's the vast majority of, of the road miles in the state, is it not? Well, I think uh, the governor did come out and support Senator Hirschman's bill that would release $430 million back to locals. So I think there is some recognition by the governor and uh, the Senate that there is a need to get money back to the locals to work on this issue. Just focusing on the state would have been a non-starter for... It would have been difficult for us. Obviously, there are challenges at the local level that we need to deal with, and that $430 million is certainly a significant one-time <coughs> amount of money to get back to the locals in terms of their local income taxes. Uh, so I think there is a recognition by the governor that the, there is a need at the local level as well. It just wasn't in the initial con concept of the bill. And again, that's giving back the local option income taxes that the state is holding effectively right. for the, the locals. What do you think about well, this? I just Justin? think it's a hard sell. You know, when, when we talk to Hoosiers and we've made tens of thousands of phone calls and we've knocked on thousands of doors, uh, I think it's a hard sell to tell Hoosiers that we have $2 billion in reserve, that our revenue increased by $750 million last fiscal year alone. $600 million of that was in individual income taxes and sales tax revenue. To then ask them to pay more. I think it's a hard sell. So, you know, they have, they have their work cut, cut out for them as far as selling that to the public, and, and we're going to keep informing people uh, of our views of that. It's holiday. Sell the public on it and sell Justin Stevens on it. Why, why the tax sure. increases? Well, I'll never sell Justin. <laughs> come on. Uh, I come try on. not to worry about him too much. Um, you know, we've, we've, this is not new to us. We've been working at it for five years. Uh, we have a number of polls. I've never seen it like this. Across America, there's infrastructure issues. 65% of Americans and about the same amount of Hoosiers say something has to be done. Up until the last year and a half, only 30% were willing to pay for it in any way. Today, well over 50% of Hoosiers in at least three polls have said, we are willing to pay What's more. What's the difference? I mean, can you pinpoint one thing? Sure. Is it the situation I, I up in I think particularly in, in, in your area, area, well, exactly. But on the day uh, I spoke at a conference, uh, we had another bridge in southern Indiana have problems. People are, we're chip and sealing a lot of roads instead of paving them. Uh, so we're seeing windshields broken. Right now today, <clears throat> Hoosiers spend about $366 per year on maintaining their vehicles from damage from roads. So they're feeling it. So uh, I can tell you that every place I have spoken, and I've spoken a lot of places, when I say how many of you are willing to pay a nickel more on your gas, a nickel more per gallon, that's $25 a year, it's about 5% that say no. Well, you stipulated up front you can't convince uh, Justin Stevens uh, uh, to change his mind. How about yours, Dan Forrestal? Uh, does, that, does that argument uh, ring true in any way? Look, I, I will say this. Uh, Representative Soliday has worked very hard on a, a really thoughtful bill uh, that has a lot, of, a, a lot of really good provisions. But 
the, you knew the, that was coming. That's right. right. Yeah, the, the, the Astro. I, I, I'm thrilled. <laughs> the, the, and he did a nice job of, of really of trying mm -hmm. to sell it. But, you know, look, the corporate income tax is set to decline uh, almost to half of what it is right now over the next couple of years. So, you know, I think I agree with, you know, Justin, and uh, it is rare. I would have to point out that, that Americans for Prosperity and Democrats <laughs> agree. It's, a, it's nice. Maybe he tried to get Coke me to endorse his plan. <laughs> but it just There's some Koch brothers funding in your campaign. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, report. We're going to know things. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's nice to agree on, on some of these uh, pieces. But for as long as the, the corporate income tax is set to go to almost half of what it is right now, it's going to be very hard to go back and tell my constituents, but we want to raise your taxes. Uh, you know, corporations have had it very, very well for a very long time, and I'm, I, I like having low taxes for everyone, uh, but, you know, having that, having corporations' taxes go down while Hoosiers go up, it's just a non-starter for us. So, and there, there are various mechanisms that would increase revenue. Uh, uh, it's already mentioned one, the, the four cent per increase on the gas tax, also to offset the decline in, in Medicaid spending, there'd be a, a dollar on a pack of cigarettes, additional tax. But there's also a lot more latitude for locals, municipalities, and counties to raise additional surcharges. Good idea? Yeah, I think it's absolutely a good idea to give us the tools to make a decision at the local level whether or not we want to increase uh, resources and add that fee or tax at a local level. I think those tools that are given to the cities are uh, imperative for the long-term viability of our communities, and we really applaud the efforts of uh, Soliday in that, uh, trying to get that done. And you think municipalities have the stomach to do it? I mean, you point out they are the closest to the to the citizenry yeah. and to taxpayers and voters. Well, I mean, that depends on which city you're talking about and the situation that they're in, but I think there's a value proposition conversation here with the residents that when you can demonstrate the value of what their tax dollars are going to to improve their infrastructure, I think uh, a lot of rational Hoosiers would look at that and say, you know what, I do want to see this problem fixed and I'm willing to pay a little bit more. Justin, does it matter to you if, it, if the taxes are levied at the state level or by the counties or, or the municipalities or does it all uh, strike you well, as I a, think, a horrible thing? I think the thing? key is here that, that this is a little bit misleading when we say just a nickel more per gallon. Uh, because when you go to a city like Jeffersonville down in southern Indiana or New Albany, who currently they do not have a wheel tax, if you have two people in a family that they both own a car, they drive to work 15 miles a day, uh, it could be a 250 to $300 increase, not including if they smoke cigarettes. If, if the county implements a wheel tax, which would now be a double wheel tax under this bill, and then the city then of 20000 or more implements another wheel tax on top of that, and then they're paying an extra $25 a piece a year uh, uh, for their gas. It, it's not an insignificant amount, but especially I mean, for different but pockets. But how, how does one fund these, if it's, if it's a billion a year that's needed or 300 additional million are needed or 1.5, I've seen lots of numbers. How does that sure. get done? Well, I think it's all about priorities. I think that, that's what we've been talking about. For, for a long time, we've been spending transportation money for general fund projects. This past year, it would have been $350 million a year that was derived from sales tax on gasoline that could have been spent on transportation, but it hasn't been. And I will give, you know, uh, yesterday Rep Representative Brown pointed out that Republicans uh, switched, uh, designated 1% um, to roads and infrastructure back in the bill that he was talking about earlier, and certainly they deserve credit for that. But that's not enough. We should go the full one, way. one other thing I'd like to, to point out, and, and I, I really do, I mean this with all due respect, but, you know, in Fishers, people may be a little more able uh, to find the, the extra income to or the uh, extra money to, to fund this tax. And in, in my district, we have some really, really hard-hit areas. There are some very, very poor areas in my district. 
where I, you know it, it could have a, a much larger impact than it would in maybe a Fisher's or a I mean, Is that an issue? Even with the, the Hirschman bill, there would be a, some would say a disproportionate benefit to better healed communities that have higher income tax Well, I think, levels. again, when we talk about it, it's dependent upon each city. I think there's a local democratic process that's available if we were to implement these tools where residents would have an opportunity to weigh in as to whether they think it's a good idea for their community or not. So I think each community is going to have to weigh that decision and whether it's in the best interest for the residents. So whether it's a Fishers or some other community, I really think it's still going to be up to the residents ultimately when we talk about those local tools that are included in this bill. Mm -hmm. I, I think, first of all, we need to get some funky math out of here because we've tried to be data-driven. Data For somebody to pay uh, the kind of money Justin's talking about, they would have to be driving their vehicles 60,000 miles a year. The average Hoosier drives about 11,988 uh, miles, something like that, per car. So when you work that out, he pays, and if you look at, at average mileage per gallon or miles per gallon, uh, you're, you're looking at about $108 per vehicle per year that people are paying. That's $108. What's your cell phone bill? Now, for that, for the average Hoosier to go to $250, I need to see the math no, 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 no. gets us no, there. That's not based on the gas tax alone. I'm saying if, if a wheel tax were implemented in these communities. Where uh, they don't wheel, have them now, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so oh. you get a wheel tax of, of $50 from a city, $50 from a county. That's $100. If you have two cars, that's $200. And then you're paying the additional $50 a year in, in gas taxes if you're both driving. So that's where the math comes and, from. And the people get to decide that. And, and the, the true issue, the issue here is uh, Fishers is unique. It's a fairly new city. Uh, asphalt lasts about 15 to 20 years. Concrete lasts about 30 years. And that means rebuild it all the way to the clay. We have cities, uh, bridges last about 50 years. We have bridges that are on a 188-year rebuild cycle. We have cities that are on 70- and 80-year repave cycles. Now, the problem with the Hirschman bill, that's one year, one pop. Our cities need about $470 million a year incremental just to stop the decline. Of course, a one-year pop is good when it's an election year. And election, how, how, what role does that play, the fact that in November... Many of your colleagues will be going uh, standing for re-election. I'm, I'm sure uh, you know at some level it makes it more difficult, but I, I think most mostly people are uh, you know either philosophically or they have some kind of technical you know issue with the bill, some kind of funding mechanism portion of it. I, I don't think it's all election related. It, it really comes down to you know have we done the really hard work necessary to look for the money in the existing revenue we have and house democrats just don't feel like we have and we talked about the t-word taxes the bill also talks about studying not implementing but studying <coughs> tolls is that acceptable sure. to your organization well, i think you know i think we can study that for the long term we're open to the study for sure so that's better than taxes in your mind well i, I think that's a long-term discussion mm -hmm. if we're if we're deciding between raising taxes right now or a long-term solution for transportation funding 20, 30 years down the road. That might be something we have to consider. All right, Mayor, no toll road, no tolls on 116th yeah, Street, no. if you would. This is coming from a guy that drove up 65 this morning that would have had to pay about $16 to get here. So. Well, I appreciate your coming, and I appreciate everyone else being here for this important discussion. Again, my guests have been Republican Representative Ed Soliday of Valparaiso, Democratic Representative Dan Forrestal of Indianapolis, Fisher's Mayor Scott Padness of the Indiana Association of Cities and Towns, and Justin Stevens of Americans for Prosperity.
We're talking fantasy sports in Indiana, so if you're a draft king or a fan dueler, I bet you'll double down on the next Indiana Lawmakers. Time now for our weekly conversation with Ed Feigenbaum, publisher of the newsletter Indiana Legislative Insight. Well, Ed, we got radio spots on one side, we got direct mail pieces uh, on the other side. This is getting heated. Absolutely, and it, it's not going to go away real quickly. You know, as, as much as we might think that everything will be de decided quickly, it's not going to be decided in, in the next few weeks. It's not even all going to be decided this session. I think next year you're going to see a, a lot more attention to this regardless of what we do this year because we're going to look for a short-term fix, which could include taxes this year. But next year will be the, the real key as we, we do what Ed Soliday wants to do, which is take that long-term view down the road. What's going to be interesting over the, the next couple of weeks, though, is the fact that the filing deadline closes soon for candidacy. So these legislators, particularly Republicans who, who fear being primaried, are going to see who their opponents are before they have to vote effectively on a tax increase toward the end of the session. So that's going to help drive this debate. And, but you think the tax uh, question could survive even though it's an election year? Absolutely, and I think what you will see is some type of indexing. The indexing that, that Representative Soliday was referring to, I think that's almost a certainty. So there's an ongoing increase in, in, the, in the tax rate right. to so the, keep the, pace with inflation. We, we, right. We bump things back to, to where they were before the, the rates changed. And, you know, when, when you look at, at where we are today in terms of gas prices versus where we were back then, you know, in, in 2000, when Governor O'Bannon Im imposed the... Uh, the temporary ban on the, the gasoline sales tax, gas at the, the Shell station at 16th and Capitol in, in, uh, in Indianapolis was 184.9 a gallon. And today, on, on my way into the, the studio, it was, was down to 174.9. So even if you had indexed today's prices against the, the prices back then, you know, you'd still be at about the, the same price as you were back 15, 16 years ago. If a tax bill shows up on the governor's desk, does that put Mike Pence in a tough spot? He said in the state of the state that the last place he would look for funds would be in the wallets or in pocketbooks of, of Hoosiers. He's been pretty good about being cooperative and, and letting the legislature come up with the best set of, of, uh, of conclusions and, and the best packages. And I think that if, if he gets what he wants in there, he'd be willing to at least allow a tax increase in, in either cigarettes or the gasoline sales tax to become law, either with or without his signature. And these are not either or A, B, or C. This could be an amalgam by the time we're all done in conference. Oh, it, it absolutely will be a, a package here that will be presented to the, the governor. Very interesting. Ed, thank you, as always, for your insight. For more information, streaming episodes, and extra content, go to WFYI.org lawmakers. You can also visit us at WFYI on Facebook and Twitter. Use hashtag Indiana Lawmakers. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the Internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity and Bright House Networks. Well, that concludes another edition of Indiana Lawmakers. I'm John Schwannis, and on behalf of WFYI Public Media, Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, and my colleagues Ed Feigenbaum and Christopher Ayers, I thank you for joining us, and I invite you to visit WFYI.org for more on the 2016 session. Until next week, take care.
Purdue researchers are finding new ways to treat cancer, provide drug-free therapies, advance wound repairs, reduce chronic illness symptoms, helping people, changing lives. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org.